0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Reformed Dissenters. I don't know what I'm going for here with my voice. It's like a sportscaster sort of deal. It's kind of strange. I don't I don't know where that came from. But anyways, this is the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. And sometimes we do that in a sportscaster voice, apparently. My name is Bruce Johnson. I'm joined by my brother Jacob Johnson. Of course. Hello
1: everybody. And reason, we are super... Go ahead. For some reason I feel I don't know why... This thought came to my head, but it's just like the, the EA sports.
0: It's in the game <laughs> it's
1: or, or whatever. game. I don't yeah. know why. I don't know why that came <laughs> into my head. I, I think because of sports casting or this something.
0: This is also the show but... where Jacob says random things at random times and we all love it. So. <laughs> thank you all so so much you better love <laughs> you, you better or, uh, stop listening right now uh we have a show website trdshow.net net. we forgot to mention it. i forgot to mention it. it's totally me i will take full responsibility for this forgot to mention it like because well it's you know it's fine you just messed up my whole flow and then i didn't mention our show website for like two whole episodes that's you know whatever yeah i'm not sore or anything you know <laughs> <laughs> TRDShow.net is the show website. Go ahead and check it out. Send us an email, TRDShow at ProTimeMail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And today, our, if you've read the title, which presumably you have, or maybe, hey, you know, maybe you're just subscribed to the Reform to Centers and we're so in your cycle of content that you just like, you were listening on the to the video
1: without even seeing the title.
0: Or you were just listening to somebody else and we just popped into your earbuds while you're out there That's mowing true. snow. You know, mm. who knows? Um, well, anyways, the episode title is The Culinary Industry, Redeem or Abolish. I take no credit for that one. Jacob completely came up with that on its own. It's brilliant, <laughs> brilliant, and it very accurately describes, I think, I don't know, what he's going to talk about today, because this is Jake's episode, everybody. So I'm going to quickly introduce the verse, I'm going to chat about that, a little bit of commentary, I'm going to keep it brief. I swear, Jake, I swear to you, I won't take 10 <laughs> minutes to get through this verse. I promise it's going to hurt but a little bit, need all but the I won't, time I won't do anything. Yes, you will. (laughs) Because my goodness, everybody, dude's got a lot to say. So I'm going to get out of his way very shortly. But first, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. And I'm continuing apparently with the sportscaster voice. I don't know why. Our verse this week (laughs) is Psalm 46, verses 8 through 11. And they say, Come, behold, the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. And again, that's Psalm 46 verses 8 through 11. We talked about this a lot on Monday, talked about it a lot on Wednesday. So if you missed those two episodes, go ahead and you know, go back there and check them out because they're just sitting there waiting for you. Um, but there's there's a lot in this verse to capitalize on. Um really, I'm just gonna capitalize on kind of the middle part of this verse that's sandwiched between everything else, all the other fantastic content. But be still know that I am God, I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the in the earth. That is incredible to read that language. And What is absolutely fascinating, we talk about divides in theology, we talk about differences between brothers and sisters in Christ all the time, we talk about so many people who have different eschatological views, but what is fascinating is that predominantly the large majority of of views all agree that at some point in time, Christ will reign. We disagree about when that occurs, but we can all appreciate the greatness of his reign. And I don't think we focus on that very often for good reason. It does change how we work today. And we've spent literally months on this show talking about that. Um, So I don't think that needs, I don't think that's been understated, but it is also um, encouraging to know that most of the eschatological views, predominant views do acknowledge the reign of Christ at some point in our future. And I I think that's important. Um, it is important that we, we acknowledge that brothers and sisters in Christ do recognize that Christ will be King and we all bow to his kingship, his reign, and he will be exalted among all the nations. So I'll just leave it there. Um, but Again, go back and check out our Monday and Wednesday episodes. Um, And I do want to say today's episode uh, was inspired by a series we did quite a few months ago talking about building a Christian culture, um, where we interviewed several guests over tons of different occupations and fields. We talked to Kyle Hessler, who was a professional uh, wrestler promoter. We talked to Brandon Raby, who's a Christian gamer. We talked about all, we talked to uh, John Branding, who is a pro- uh, professional uh, Christian comedian, all sorts of different people in all sorts of different fields, working for the kingdom of God, working to build a Christian culture. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I talked about the theology of technology, specifically to, uh, related to my job as a software engineer. And now, and now, we've reached the point where we got to talk about yummy food, or at least the people that make that food. So I will pass it to Jake, and uh, I'll see you guys in half an hour. uh
1: i would like some feedback from bruce but it is it is true You
0: promised me i would do no talking for this episode okay if if you don't
1: want to do any talking you
0: don't have
1: to (laughs) believe me this episode is will go on long enough um so hopefully if you get anything out of this episode it will be uh at least that when it comes to food i cannot stop talking um that I will it it was a struggle to get it as short as as I did <laughs> um so if you get anything out of this episode it it will be that um but hopefully you get a lot else out of this episode uh but hopefully by now uh, all of our listeners should know or at least most of our listeners should know uh that I am very much invested into the culinary field and and that means I have to first of all think of my industry from a biblical world view and try and figure out what that means and i think in most industries i'm, I'm talking about general all industries um i think we have to always when thinking about ta- in thinking about our industry from a biblical perspective we have to first ask the question uh first of all not only to ourselves in our own minds and hearts but to also search the scriptures because that is where we find truth. Um, but we have to ask ourselves, can our industry be redeemed or should it be abolished entirely? And, you know, it's a super easy question to answer because I think for most industries, it could pretty easily be said that your industry can be fixed. And I don't think it's any different for the culinary industry. I, I'm saying that the culinary industry can be fixed. I'm just saying that this is a question that we should be asking of all of our industries. However, but I would say there are a few industries out there in which in which to redeem them, they have to be destroyed. Um, I think there's tons that we could mention. One of them being, as an example, is just the drug industry in general. That That has to be gotten rid of. And if you're in that industry and you're a Christian and you're watching this episode, I hopefully if not, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise to you. You don't exist. You need to get out. You need to get out.
0: <laughs> uh, so. Okay, but, rephrase that. You hopefully don't exist.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. But I would like to take this episode to present my case and my reason for why this industry can and should be <laughs> redeemed. And really, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about why people might think it shouldn't be redeemed. However, in the end, talk about it should be. Um, to which I've titled this next uh, section of my notes. Uh, and I got this from our good friend, John Brennan. But this section is titled, Jacob, you idiot. Um. <laughs> I know before I can talk about how this industry or or how and why this industry can and should be redeemed we have to first have to talk about why it why it does not reach the standards in the first place why it cannot be considered redeemed at this current state um most people and actually as I say this statement thinking about it there's probably not a lot of people who know this but the restaurant industry is filled with all sorts of evils. If if you did not know that, this will come maybe as a shock to you, but let me just tell you right now it is. It very much is and I will take the majority of this next step of, of this episode talking about that. Um and really you don't have to look much further than one of the most well-renowned chefs uh in the world, uh Gordon Ramsay. And you can plainly see the culinary industry fails in several ways, especially looking at the example of Gordon Ramsey. And I want to show this. I want to show these failures in three ways. Now there are more than just three ways. Tons more. Believe me, there are tons. And these three ways are very general. Um, They're not specific. Well, not too specific, but they're very general. So Hmm. there is a lot of problems. And these three ways I want to state are: first, the culinary industry is not the place for weak and impressionable Christians. Number two, the culinary industry is an addictive playground. Three, the restaurant industry has lost its sense of hospitality. And let's go to the first one: the the culinary industry is not the place for weak and impressionable Christians. From my short years of being in the industry, uh, I have worked in the culinary industry from 14 years old up until now, being 19. A lot so of years, Tony. It's it's five years. That's not a lot. Not oh, a whole yeah, lot. I keep thinking you're um, in your 20s. I should know that. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but and again, not being in it for as long as a lot of people have you begin to see several ways and in ways it does not meet these meets the standards. It should, um, maybe I should devote an entire episode to talking about what those standards are. Cause some people may even be confused on that. I just realized that right now. <laughs> uh,
0: again, yeah, that's what I thought this episode was all about. So now I'm mm-hmm. confused. No, I'm <laughs> well, <laughs> well, no, I, I
1: figured thinking about it in the sense of, uh, the law reveals our sin, and then we can be saved from knowing that we have sin. I first would mm. talk about the problems with the culinary industry, and then later on talk about the redemption of the culinary industry. So, that's oh, okay. my thought process. That's my thought that's process.
0: Fair. That's very fair.
1: Um, but, you know, there in these three ways, the restaurant industry does fall short. But especially this one. And I'm going to say that for every single one of them. <laughs> so... <laughs> not especially this especially one
0: especially this one especially all three but also especially this one but is yeah especially all three um
1: the culinary industry is full of vile speech i i think you can just quickly look at a few clips of gordon ramsay and say uh, that is very true
0: um Wait, was i supposed to get those clips prepared cuz i didn't prepare those for the sorry no
1: no i did not okay, good. i did not grab any clips for that just <laughs> I'm not even suggesting you go and look at those clips, but I'm saying, believe up. me, believe me, just take my word for it. It is bad. It's bad.
0: Okay. It's bad. Okay. Here's a, it, actually, you probably have heard those clips before. Have you ever been on like a construction site um, and there's like a dump truck backing up? You know, the sound that that makes when it's backing, up? that's basically how he talks when the just
1: at an accelerated rate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Beep. 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 beep.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, you know, the the culinary age field is filled, believe me, filled with vile speech, and I mean this in the way of curse words and taking the Lord's name in vain. I'm not even talking about the the um, just the the sexual talk mm. and the yeah. the the perverse speech and the perverse words and talking that's not even what I'm talking about here I'm just talking about the, the curse words and and the taking the Lord's name in vain just yeah. in that sense it's bad um, and I think it's important to understand that this will affect you in going into the culinary field we have to understand that this will affect you uh, I look no further than first 1 Corinthians 1533 which says do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Doesn't matter the morals that you have. Bad company will ruin them. Will ruin good morals. Mm -hmm. And this is a biblical truth. It doesn't matter how much people want to say that they can handle it. Or they can be in it without being corrupted. The Bible is true in the fact that when you spend your day around these people, you will be affected. Now. To prevent people from saying, well, then, Jacob, why are you in the culinary <laughs> industry? I have to say, there are people. There, there are, it is, it is true, you can build up a mental fortitude by meditating on God's word. But for Christians who are weak and are still in an impressionable state, they should be leery of being a part of the culinary field. And, and I do not say all this to claim that I have a perfect mental fortitude myself.
0: Um, See, that's what I thought you were saying right there. So I don't. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not saying that. Um, But I am striving to create a stronger will and being able to have that stronger mental fortitude. And again, like I said, we do this by meditating on God's word. Uh, we do this by filling our taking those thoughts that are being corrupted, taking them and Searching the scriptures and reading the scriptures instead of those thoughts, um, and really, as long as other Christians are doing are doing this, I uh, I would say that you can go into this field and it will be okay without it being too much of a stumbling block for you. It will be another temptation that you will have to deal with. That's that's really all I'm saying. And for the sake of time. Briefly, I want to talk about the perverted speech that I mentioned before. Um, But my arguments with that are the same as above. And really, that's as long as I talk about that. My arguments for that are the same as above. uh, That because of the vile speech and and the perverted talk that is in the culinary industry, I would warn impressionable and young Christians from going into the culinary field it is a Hmm. very vile and dangerous place and i was given all of these warnings by my mom when i said that i wanted to become a chef uh this was for years this was told to me that this will be in the culinary industry
0: we were both warned to not go into our industries for very different reasons i was told bruce you're not that great at math what the heck are you doing jake was told uh Do you know what you're getting yourself into? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So certainly we had some uh, good, good warnings before going into our fields. Um, But lastly, in this section, yes, we are only on the first section and we are well over (laughs) halfway through the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Lastly, in this section uh, is the point of anger and cruelness in this industry. Hmm. Again, I, I I point to Gordon Ramsay as an example of this anger. Again, the clips I mentioned before show anger, show absolute anger on his side. As Christians, we can hopefully see that this type of anger is wrong. However, I want to posit a point, and that this point I don't hear very many people talking about. I think to many. I I think many times as Christians, we mistake urgency for being anger. Hmm. When I was first starting out as a chef, I was in a a small cafe. It wasn't necessarily a restaurant, but the head chef of that industry, uh, the head chef of that of that cafe um. Told me Which incidentally
0: to go... was on the first floor of the building that I worked in. Oh uh, yes. A funny yep. story for yep. I was on the third floor. He was down in the yeah, it was funny.
1: Yeah, I cooked his Anyways, food. Go ahead. Yes.
0: Yeah, he cooked my lunches. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but um yeah, I on my first day, the head chef said, Hey, go get me this. In in a very stern voice, in a very stern manner of speaking. And she stopped me and said, Hey, I just want you to let you know that I'm not trying to be mean or angry in any way and saying it in a certain way. I'm trying to make sure you understand what I'm saying and that you listen immediately. It's urgent. It's urgency that you understand what they're saying in a split second. You hear what they're saying so you can more quickly do the job that you're told to do. This is urgency and we should see it as that instead of anger. When a head chef or, or other people tell you, Hey, go do this. They're not being angry or mad at you. Or maybe they are. It, it depends on the situation. But the, we cannot mistake urgency for being anger. That was very long. But um, <laughs> let's move on to my next section. Uh, the section, like I said before, n- number two. The culinary industry is an addictive playground. Uh, the restaurant industry lends itself to being full of drug addicts, smokers, and many other not so great characters and people. Um, another story from the same exact place, actually, um, is in the first ever place that I worked. Uh, the head chef told me that her and other chefs like her are very addictive people. Anything that can become an addiction. Will become one for a chef, mm-hmm. and that's just. And it was
0: said so a every way that, day is every day is Murphy's Law day for these poor people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, well, they don't see it as as a as a problem. Oh. Uh, they. Well, there are several
0: that they've say just accepted they it. They're just like yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get addicted. Whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, for a lot of chefs, everything now, and I and I mean everything. Becomes an addiction. They they make it an idol. They make anything. They can make anything an idol. And, and that's basically what an addiction is. It's making something an idol. Making something. Uh, you're addicted to that thing. Where you can only think about that thing. That thing is has become most important to you. And. You know. Not even just the obvious stuff. Uh, like drugs. And other stuff like that. Not even those things. Not even alcohol. I'm talking about stuff like coffee. Chefs all the time will get addicted to coffee. Wow. And other things like candy or or sweets in that sense. Again, like I said, everything, everything will become an addiction. But another another one... Of the less obvious things. Is just working in general. Chefs has a very high chance. Of becoming workaholics. Or. Or. They become the complete opposite. And they become some of the laziest people. Ever. Hmm. They can do both. (laughs) They will do both. Uh, And. Both are wrong. And obviously are not good. And. I don't necessarily know if this should be in this section, but I'm mentioning it anyways. So sorry, sorry if it doesn't necessarily fit. But let me, let me, let me just mention why does this happen? Why does this, why do chefs lean towards that so we know how to fight it? So we know what we should avoid, how we don't go into those addictions. But this happens, well, because first is, the long hours and stressful nature of the work. Um, but also, secondly, um, is because of depression. This line of work tends to lead into long and late hours, like I said before, meaning having time for a family is hard. Uh, we were created with a drive to have a family, and I'm specifically talking about men here. Um, and so, not being able to have one, effectively pushes people into all sorts of depression. Who knew that going against (sighs) God's creation causes you to go into depression? Kind of explains why a lot of people today have depression. Because we're falling so far away from God's word. Yeah. But this is why, this is why chefs go into these sorts of addictions. Because they think it will relieve that depression. Because they think for a time they can feel happy because of these sorts of drugs. Because of these sorts mm. of other things. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. Enough said on that. Enough said on that. I got to continue. I got to continue. <laughs> uh, but I think your work schedule and changes to how a restaurant runs uh, can create a better way for people to have a family. I think striving to have a family while working in the restaurant industry is important. There are ways to get around it. There are certainly ways that you can do that will be make it able for you to have a family. You need to explore those options. You need to figure those things out. Um so third section, I know these sections are starting to get really short and Not a lot of information. Well, there's maybe too much information for some people. But the third and final section in this part, in talking about the problems, I do have a whole nother section talking about how we fix it. Um, But this third one is the restaurant industry has lost the sense of hospitality. I could spend a whole nother episode uh, for biblical hospitality, but hopefully uh with the time I have I can at least give you enough information so you can see how the restaurant industry doesn't match up to biblical hospitality. And here are some verses for independent research, but really if you wanted to pause the episode and go um you should pause the episode and go read these and then come back so you so you have a good understanding uh, of of these verses, and so then you'll understand my point a little bit more. Uh, and these verses are Hebrews 13, 2, Romans 12, 13, Matthew 25, uh, Matthew 25, verses 34 through 46, Leviticus 19, verse 34, and Titus 1, verse 8, Luke 14, 12 through 14. And there are so many others that I can mention. But these are a good start,
0: as Steve Dace would say. Wow, you really brought the receipts.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, one specific verse. There is another one. There is another one. One specific verse I want to talk about, and one that is most egregious is one of the most egregious mistakes chefs in restaurants make. Is this First Peter four verse nine, which says, "Show hospitality to one another without grumbling." Chefs are grumbling and complaining people. They basically build their whole lives around discontentment and disdain for others. Uh, Chefs have lost the view of being hospitable. So many times, there will be so many complaints, so many grumbles, so much uh, complaining in, in the culinary industry. And... To be honest, that's a lot of industries, actually. It's it's not just the culinary field. I think this is the problem in our culture in, in general. But it is yeah. It is expounded 10 times when you get into the culinary field.
0: With everything you just mentioned.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. After uh, But after all of this, can we really say it can be redeemed? Does the culinary industry need to be abolished after all the of answer, all of the stuff that I mentioned?
0: The answer is no. It can't be redeemed. <laughs> Don't become a chef if you are a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> um to this and, and
1: to this question, I have to say yes. It can be redeemed. Now I am not saying it is an easy task, but I believe in the fact that things will get better. I'm a complete optimist in the mm-hmm. in what the future holds. And so as long as Christian chefs learn from the mistakes of the past and would continue to build their career based on God's word, things will get better in this industry. And let me close with this. Let me finalize with this. The culinary industry is a pitch black hole (laughs) that is darkened with sin. But if we as Christians embody the light of Christ, and we show faith the size of a mustard seed, we will blind this industry with light. The, darker, the darkest area is some... It, the, the areas that are very dark is where you can see even the smallest light shine the most. So Amen. as Christians, if we act just even a little bit Christian, people will notice and will see that. It will be an immense light on the industry if you act even just a little bit, Christian. Mm. Yeah, the faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. It, it it is very interesting to me that the point of in immense persecution in a, in in just a nation in general that is where the Christian faith thrives the most. You look at in the time of Rome it was being persecuted terribly Christians were being persecuted yet Rome immediately flipped and turned into a Christian nation because of it because these martyrs stood up because people stood up because of the martyrs and and so they saw it and were invigorated to do more to change and This is so true of the culinary industry that when it gets worse, if we act in in a Christian like manner, people will be uh, invigorated to do what we're doing. People will look at us and say, "What is that? Why? Why? Why is this shining so much? Who turned on the light in here?" (laughs) And it it's so true in in all the places that I've worked at. People always have seen that I'm a Christian. And I think it, if you act even just a little bit Christian, people will notice. And they will ask you about it. They will. They will ask you about it. So be unapologetically Christian in your field. And it will open up so many opportunities to not only share the gospel, but also to redeem the industry. It leads to redeeming the in- industry so sweet that is the end of my rant and thank gladly i was able to get through enough of it and it didn't go over 30 minutes well even though it is over 30 minutes right now but
0: that was tremendous too much over that was absolutely tremendous you know i i didn't i didn't look at your doc until very recently you started talking and i started scrolling and i was like oh wow oh there's more Oh, oh, there's oh, there's more. Whoa, OK. And I scroll to the bottom and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, How is he going to get through? This was tremendously timed, um, And I uh, walked away from this episode. My absolute favorite line is the culinary industry is a pitch black hole." <laughs> and I'm like, she said that, I was like, "Oh, wow, all right." <laughs> but I, I think you uh, substantiated that claim. Very, very well and, and very mm-hmm. clearly. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for delving into that, Jake, and for all of those awesome details. Um, and hopefully, this was helpful to any Christians out there who are interested in going into this field. Um, if you have any questions, you can send those questions to drdshow at protimemail.com. We'd love to get those from you and, and hear from you. Or you can go to our show website, which is drdshow.net. And at the bottom of the homepage, we have a way for you to send your messages that way as well. So, we got options. There's lots of options for you. All right. Thanks, everyone, so much for watching or listening to us today here at the Reformed Dissenters. Don't forget, uh, we'll be back on Monday where we talk about current events yet again from a biblical perspective. What happened this week? And what do we think needs to be talked about from a biblical perspective? That's us on Monday. And uh, so, until then, have a great weekend. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. And we'll see you on Monday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, Do it as unto the Lord.